Well, hey, whether you stumbled onto my podcast or you've been a longtime listener, I'm glad you're listening. What is this podcast all about? Well, it's about people just like me, just like you, about age 60, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but you, like me, are trying to figure out how you're going to do life for this next 10, 20, 30 years. How are you going to stay healthy? What are you going to eat? Are you going to exercise? How are you going to do the things you really, really want to do in retirement? Uh, But most importantly, things that I think about go along these lines. How am I going to avoid assisted living? How am I going to maintain my independence? How am I going to enjoy life to its fullest until God says my time is done? Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello again, and welcome to another exciting episode of Pushing 60 Aside with your host, Gene Fleming, recording right here in my hometown of Fort Payne, Alabama. Where in the world is Fort Payne? Well, you go north in Alabama, take a hard right, and we're right up here close to the corner of the state next to Georgia. Hey, it's a fine place to live, beautiful mountains. It's a beautiful time of the year. Fall is here. Leaves are changing. Today's date is, in fact, uh, November the 2nd, and... uh, It's one of my favorite times of the year, and uh, so where in the world has this podcast been since June? That's a good question, and I feel I owe you an answer, and so, you know, like I've always done for most of my life, uh, I'm going to shoot from the hip and just tell you the truth. Uh, The truth is, I've been busy. Um, We resumed uh, senior fitness classes at the Fort Payne Senior Center in June, and we run three classes a week, and... uh, The program has been so successful that we pretty much maxed out the space that we were, uh, that we are using. Uh, We can handle about, uh, you know, 35 to 40 people in the classroom. But because of this pandemic thing that's still going on, we have to do social distancing and, um, or we've chosen to do social distancing. Uh, Most of the people in my class wear masks. It's not mandatory. Uh, I'd say probably 85% of the people in my class have been vaccinated, and some have already gotten boosters after their first initial vaccinations, which happened as far back as last January. So uh, good things are happening. And in fact, it's so good that uh, we're going to multiply the class. The best thing to do when a class gets crowded is to uh, create another class. And, you know, there's always somebody that wants to come a little bit earlier or come a little bit later. And so we've decided to uh, implement a new class called Super Seniors. Uh, What in the world is that about? Well, it's a nice way of saying we're going to have a class for the very aged and somewhat perhaps frail or having more age-related limitations. That's a nice way of saying I'm not going to say disabilities, but in fact, some of our age-related limitations are disabilities. When you can't hear, that's a disability. When you can't see very well, that's a disability. When your reflexes are slower than they've ever been, when your body is physically weak from um, muscle loss and and other causes, uh, maybe you've had injuries and, you know, knee surgeries, shoulder surgeries, things like that, you know, all things factor. But um, the 
current low-impact exercise class that we have for seniors has <clears throat> turned out to be quite a dynamic class. And by dynamic, I mean <clears throat> for a 30-minute class, these folks really hit it hard. And, um, you know, how much can you get into 30 minutes? Well, you can get a surprising amount. And um, if you're a listener to this podcast and if you just heard me say that, well, you may be now, uh, you know, the uh, the thing we want to shoot for is a meaningful whole body workout uh, that doesn't waste the, the folks' time. You know, just because you're, you know, over 60 doesn't mean you don't have things to do, whether it's doctor's appointments or vacations or family visits or, or yard work or whatever your life entails. So, you know, I try to keep the class to 30 minutes and, and um, you know, I kind of take a head, shoulders, knees and toes approach to fitness. In other words, we start at the top and work our way down. And I declared that this year was going to be the year of the shoulders. And that's because so many people over 60 have had at some point a shoulder injury, a fall that resulted in a shoulder injury, perhaps a bursitis or a torn rotator cuff. Some have been through rehab for these things before. And so looking at what I see in a, a sampled population of people from 60 to 94, um, shoulder complaints are major. And uh, so we started the first classes in June with kind of light workouts that entailed mostly range of motion uh, movements. And um, some of the people said, well, what in the world is range of motion movements? Well, and, and I put it to this group of people who are mostly, mostly evangelical Southern people. There's a few transplants in the group. Uh, but um, I put it to them like this. I said, we want our bodies to be able to function in every way that God designed them to function. And if you're supposed to be able to reach over your head, we want to be able to do that. If you want, need to be able to reach out in front of you or down to either side, we want to be able to do that. If, uh, if you want to be, be able to reach across your shoulder and scratch your own back a little bit, that would be a good thing. If you need to comb your hair, if you need to put your pants or underwear on, if you need to tie your shoes, uh, if you need to stand up from the toilet, there's a lot of things that go on into getting human life and living done. And those are just some samples. But uh, when it gets to where one arm doesn't work or one leg or one knee doesn't work, then everything is complicated exponentially. You know, everything that you have to do in daily life is hampered by the fact that um, maybe you can't handle a hot uh, skillet off of the stove anymore. It's just too heavy for your good arm. And maybe your left arm is not strong enough. Your grip is not strong enough. So these classes... It sounds a little bit complicated, but really, we start out with a a good warm-up, and mostly it's just stretches. And, uh, you know, first we've got to get, as I say, some juice in the joints. So we do some arm rotations and motions that look like swimming. And I have different and sometimes comical names for these stretches that we're going to do. Like, we're going to scratch the ceiling. Does that make any sense? Just both hands above the head, 
reaching up as high and as comfortably as you can, and then scratching the ceiling with your fingers. Sounds weird, looks funny. Um, we pretend that we're sitting at a concert piano and we're running the keyboards with our fingers, loosening up the fingers and hands and wrists and forearms, getting everything ready for the actual heavy part of the workout. And so we do stretches for the lower back that are, and I don't want to oversimplify this, but you got to remember I'm dealing with a, a truly senior population, the average age in my class being probably somewhere around 70, I'm going to say 77, 78, right in there. I've got a lot of 80-year-olds. I've got a few in their early 60s, but most everybody is 70 and over. And, uh, you know, I've gained a real admiration for folks that are at that point in their life. And, you know, they've got fight in them, you know. Um, obviously, they've done a pretty good job of in lifestyle and diet and and just general living because they've made it seven decades and uh, you know and and some of them have outlived their children already so whatever formula they had to get to the age they are uh, and I'm, I'm thinking especially about my folks that are 85 89 and 94 I think real hard about those folks. They had to do a lot of things right, and they had to play it safe. They didn't take unnecessary risk. They didn't smoke. None of these senior, senior people smoked, and if they drank, they haven't drank in 65 years. So, you know, there was no heavy alcohol use, uh, you know, and then, you know, and then they had jobs or hobbies that didn't t entail a lot of risk for falls or other types of possible injuries. and But still, we're fighting the battle of aging, just, just the body getting old itself and, and the oxidative process where, you know, you know our skin is sagging, our, our joints are creaking, and things are getting stiff, and it takes a longer to, to get warmed up on any day from the time you wake up and get ready to roll out of bed it's just harder 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 and uh so uh, the the question lends itself to this point what are they doing and what can they continue doing to make sure that things don't get worse you know I, i've looked at them many times and say if you come to this class and and you attend regularly and you feel just a little bit better, just a little bit, isn't that a great thing? I'll take a little bit better than a little bit worse or a whole lot worse. And another point that, uh, that I make from time to time is that, you know, folks, we'll never know about the fall we did not have. We'll never know about the shoulder injury we did not have because it didn't happen. Granted, there may have been some close calls, but, uh, you know, I didn't fall and break a hip. I didn't fall and shatter an elbow. I didn't fall and dislocate my shoulder. I didn't fall and end up in the hospital or with surgery and go into rehab afterwards. So it's a good way to think about 
uh, being senior and staying in the best shape you possibly can for a person your age. Now, to be honest with you, I've got people in the class that are 65 that are in worse shape than some of my people that are 85. So, you know, it's not really what you'd call a level playing field. Um, some, you know, people have had, they've got different genetics to start with. Some people come from a long bloodline of healthy, long-living people. Uh, some people were in automobile accidents in the past that have plagued them their whole lives. And as relationships go, some had long and happy marriages, and some of them have not been lucky in love. And they were in abusive relationships. And so now they're at this stage where, you know, they're looking at the final chapters of their life. And they're making a choice to do reasonable, reasonable things to help them thrive. You know, and nobody has unrealistic expectations, you know, uh, from myself to my assistant, Teresa, to uh, uh, one of my helpers, Joyce. We all uh, are realistic about what we're doing in the names of working out together. We know we're not going to get a youthful appearance back. We we know we're not going to have the bodies that we had when we were in our 20s or 30s. Uh, you know, and and we know that science tells us that regular muscle loss at a rate of about 1 to 2% a year happens after age 60. I've said that before on this podcast. So if a person's losing 2% of their muscle mass per year from age 60s to 80, that's that's 40% of all the muscle on their body is so small, so lost, uh, so weak, that that person has literally lost almost half of their potential physical strength. Really, the only thing that we can do to slow this process of age-related muscle loss is to exercise. And here lately we've talked a lot about um, what are the other benefits of exercising as a person over 60? And this would be true of somebody over 40. So this is not an exclusive club. It's just what I teach as a fitness instructor. Other benefits of regular muscle exercise, which includes all this stretching and range of motion movements that we do, um, helps improve circulation. The lifting we do helps improve circulation and the ability to do whatever that arm, leg, ankle, shoulder, calf, forearm, hand grip is supposed to do the strength exercises all help sustain the muscles that accomplish those functions. And so, um, you know, what, what do they have to look forward to? Well, like I said earlier, they might feel just a little bit better. Some of them after, let's see, we started in June, so that's July, August, September, and October. A lady came to me the other day after the class, and she said, Gene, I just want you to know, I just want you to know, this weekend, this past weekend, I had to do um, real heavy hedge trimming and pruning around our house. 
And she said, and I worked for two solid hours, and I didn't, I didn't give out. I, I, and I'm not sore afterwards. Well, here was a lady, age 79, who fully expected that she was just going to be worn, as we say in the South, slam out from doing this, this chore. And the look on her face, that's the one thing that, you know, a audio media source like this podcast can't tell you. I can't show you the look on this lady's face. The look on her face was one of delight or joy within herself because she was able to do something that she expected to make her really sore or maybe even laid up for a day or two recovering from an essential job around her house that she needed to get done. She got it done. And so she was proud of herself, but she was also surprised that her body was able to function to do this chore as it had maybe a decade or two earlier. And so that's a, uh, that's a common report among seniors that start working out regularly. And no, it's, it's not an instant thing. You know, it, uh, it, it takes months, and typically a training cycle runs about 12 weeks. And so that she would come and tell me this after attending classes regularly for three months is no real surprise to me. I expected her and others to tell me things just like that because that's how it works. You know, did she put on bulky muscles? No, but she strengthened her arms, her shoulders, her forearms, her grip strength improved, her chest strength improved, her back strength improved, her core strength especially improved because, believe it or not, even with a senior fitness class, we do a lot of core muscle work, abs, obliques, and, and it's a it's 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 an, we we have to skin the cat a different way. We have to find ways to exercise most of these muscles and muscle groups in a seated position. Now we do some standing stuff. We do squats, mini squats. Uh, we do balance work, standing on one leg. It's kind of amazing, really, to see somebody 85 standing there and getting their balance honed in to where they can stand just on their left foot and not have to hold on to anything for 10 seconds. 10 seconds is a long time. And um, and so, you know, granted, not everybody can do everything that we do in the class, but we have rules. If you can't do it, don't do it. If it hurts, don't do that. You know, if you need a break, take one. And um, there's a another beautiful aspect of the way we do this class is you've got peer support without peer pressure. In other words, you're in a large room with anywhere from 25 to 35 other people that are bar, that are about your age, plus or minus 15 years, and uh, sometimes plus 30 years, that uh, are all doing the same thing together in unison for the same reason. Everybody wants to feel a little bit better. Everybody wants to be able to function as well as they can for their age. They want to be able to get in and out of the car easily. They want to be able to bring groceries in from the car without hurting their backs or straining their shoulders. 
it, it really comes down to daily living, folks, daily living. It's the daily things that we do that oftentimes uh, uh, result in us being sore or injured. You know, you wouldn't think that uh, running the vacuum cleaner could put somebody down for the next day. You vacuum the whole house, that, that doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Well, it may not be for me at age 63 plus, but for somebody 85, that's a monster task. It really is. So the whole class is about enabling people through fitness training uh, to maximize the quality of their life as best they can and, and then to be a, a support group for them because nobody really does exercise very well all by themselves. Yeah, these young folks, they do. You know, 25 years old, go to the gym, bust out two hours on the weights, and, you know, and go out for a two-mile run afterwards. Congratulations, young man. You're supposed to be able to do that. And, uh, and he's motivated for his own uh, intrinsic reasons why he wants to get in shape and build muscles and be fast and all of that. Well, after 60... Those aren't the motivations. The motivations after 60 is to be able to get daily life stuff done. So besides having this ability to do this everyday stuff, I'm talking about washing dishes, unloading dishwasher, doing laundry, unloading the washing machine, loading the dryer, standing and hanging clothes, folding clothes, making beds, cleaning floors, mowing grass, raking yards, washing car, pumping gas, all of those everyday normal things that seniors continue to do, um, this class that I'm teaching is designed to facilitate being able to continue doing those things. Now, let's talk about another aspect of why senior fitness is so important because, you know, it's more than muscles. It's more than range of motion. It's more than being able to scratch your back or to reach something on a high shelf in your pantry. It's much more than that. It's more than being able to get up and down from the toilet or in and out of the shower easily. Um, there's something to be said, having gone through what we've gone through in the last two years with the pandemic, that um, isolation, uh, just, you know, the loneliness, uh, the depression, the fear, all of these things that plague so many of us during the pandemic, those things take a toll. They take a, a toll. It's like something's eating away at your very soul and, and you know, and, and it's eating away at your thought life and it chips away at your hope for, uh, you know, happy days and happy times and family reunions and and church or ball games or whatever it is you do. And so, you know, there's something to be said about this fitness thing and mental and emotional health. Some of these people that spent a year and a half going nowhere, doing nothing, you know, their adult kids were bringing them groceries. Um, they were afraid to go shopping. They were afraid to go to church. Um, afraid of getting COVID. Yeah, I hate talking about it still, but it's still going on. And, um, and so they sat at home and they said, they told their grandkids, don't come, 
you might bring me the virus and you might make me sick. I love you, but we'll just have to talk on the phone. And, uh, you know, if you're younger, that's, that's okay. We'll just FaceTime. Most of my seniors don't have smartphones. Most of them don't. Some of them are still using flip phones, stick phones. Some of them don't even have cell phones. So this thing about doing FaceTime and things like that, you're speaking a whole different language. And so being able to come back this past June and hang out with people, some of them, they've, they've known each other their whole lives. In fact, some of them are related. Um, i got brother and sister in the class. I've got cousins in the class. Uh, I've got neighbors. I've got people that go to the same church or synagogue together. Um, but um, back in this class, they get to hang out with people about their age, people who really get them, people from their generation who know their music, uh, their history, their maybe even where they went to high school, and you know things like that. You know, just common ground. And I watch these folks before class um, engage each other and catch up and talk and. And, you know, and chances are they haven't had anybody to have a conversation with since the last class. And so this class has helped rush in like an EMT on, uh, on a crisis of depression among seniors. My only regret is that we don't reach a larger population than we do. But for those that can come... Um, and we also provide transportation for those that need it to come to the classes, um, they've had a chance to come alive in their minds again, to feel like they belong to something again. And that aspect of mental and emotional health is critical because it's one thing to be old. And it's one thing to not be as strong as you once were. It's a whole other thing to be alone and be depressed to be sad, and to lose your hope. And so, yeah, my class gives muscles a chance to get a little stronger, joints uh, an opportunity and, opportunity and exercise to function a little better. Um, there's a lot of laughter in my class. And um, sometimes I act a little on the goofy side. You know, I tell dad jokes, things like that. And uh, I'm not afraid of self-deprecation uh, to keep the situation light. One of the things that I've always done throughout this class, and this is our fourth year, um, is uh, I count wrong. I'll be counting out a set of, let's say, bicep curls, and the count will go one, two, three, four, 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 five, Seven, nine, ten. Why? 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 Why would you do that to old people, Mr. Fleming? Why would you do that? That, Well, here's what I've learned. They're listening. They're kind of expecting it these days. They know I'm still not going to make them do any more than 10 or 12 repetitions on a lift. But it's become a game. It's a game. And some of them will stomp their foot like I'm a broken record telling me to keep on with the count. And then everybody chuckles. And, you know, a moment of levity, you know, in a day that would have been ho-hum, sitting at home, perhaps, watching the Weather Channel. 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. But they got to get out. They got to go somewhere. Right now they're getting to see the leaves changing and experiencing these uh, cool, crisp fall mornings. Uh, Getting to have a little conversation with somebody they know or somebody they've gotten to know as a result of the class. So... You, the listener at home, I, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is. I know if you're listening to this podcast, uh, for some reason, this whole idea of pushing 60 aside um, captured your imagination for just a second. Maybe the trailer for this podcast uh, kind of lured you in. And uh, I, w- I would apologize for not having done a new podcast in almost five months. But I'm telling you, uh, I've committed myself to my own health, seriously, my own health, my own mental health, my own emotional health. And, um, and I'm teaching and instructing fitness now more than I ever have. And it has become my top priority because it's in working with people, people that have uh, immune-compromised bodies, people that have genuine disabilities, people that have genuine pain who still want to get as much of their bodies exercised as they possibly can somehow, that's a very fertile ground for learning about senior fitness. Yeah, you can study all the textbook stuff you want. You can watch YouTube videos on uh, senior fitness or physical therapy or any of those kinds of things. You can, you can do that, but there is no substitute for being in the trenches with real people that um, have lived a long, long time, and now they're just trying to give themselves another few more good years. And so the one another thing I've learned about seniors is you, you generally can't shock them. So... When you're talking about um, the diseases of aging, yeah, they know all about that, and, and they're interested in hearing about it. So I, I do some teaching in that area. Um, they are not afraid to talk about dying either. They don't necessarily want to do it today, but it's not a sensitive subject because when you get to be 80, 85 years old, trust me, you've thought about dying and how you're going to go. So we can have these dialogues, and then we can talk about, okay, well, what if it's not your time? And what if we can give you five more pretty darn good years just by taking care of you? You know, I need you to eat right, get plenty of protein, stay hydrated, get plenty of sleep, and uh, keep coming to these classes. Keep socializing with this group of fellow seniors, um, Keep lifting weights that challenge you just a little bit and do as many of these exercises that we do as you possibly can. Maybe we can turn 85 years into 88 years. I, I don't know. There, You know, there's, there's no hard and fast rule, but there's one thing I do know. If they'll stay in pretty good shape now, should they have a slip and fall and get injury um, or get injured, their prospect of recovering is better if they're stronger before they get hurt. Think about that. You know, if you're already down to where 
you know, there's not enough muscle in your leg to feel, and you fall and break a hip, it's really hard to get back on your feet again. But if your legs were pretty pretty strong going, uh, going along before the injury happens, you might just come through that thing. Yeah, you might be out of commission for three, four, five, six months. may have to go to rehab. But uh, you just might pull through it. So there are benefits to attending a senior fitness class. And, you know, just about every town of every size has something akin to what we're doing. There are various programs that are sponsored by the, the federal government, by state governments, by local agencies, local senior centers, YMCAs. Uh, some gyms and fitness clubs have programs tailored especially for seniors. And, uh, you know, I would encourage you, seriously, 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 if you're over 60 and you're already retired, don't sit on the couch. Go ahead, get it started. And whether you go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, or you take up regular walking with your friends or spouse, um, you know, stay active and fight this thing called muscle loss. Eat healthy, do the best you can as far as um, making sure you're not eating too much sugar. And if your doctor gives you orders, follow them. You know, there's there's hardly any of us that have reached 60 that uh, haven't had a doctor at some point tell us to uh, eat healthy and get exercise. They It's kind of like a capsulized phrase that they say, eat healthy and get you some exercise. Now, why don't you start? Why don't you start going for walks? That'd be a good idea. And uh, and so that's a doctor's order, and I take as a doctor's order. I need to take that doctor's order just like I'll take the prescription he gives me. And uh, so, anyway, I'm glad to be back on the air again, or back in your iPhone, back in your earbuds. Um, I really debated whether or not to continue the podcast. Um, you know, uh, when you when you've got a busy schedule. Uh, doing other things, uh, a podcast is just one more thing, you know, because my grass didn't stop growing yet, you know, it's still got to be mowed, and, you know, and we're doing various projects around the house, things things like that, busy work, got social involvement, and uh, since I last talked to you, I've been to a couple of more funerals of people that have passed due to COVID and other reasons, and um, so, you know, here's what I know, here's what I know. Um, a lot of us have never, a lot of us had never even heard the term pandemic. You know, we might have heard about it in a movie or something, but uh, um, the thought of living in a pandemic through a pandemic was new to most of us. And uh, so here I am. Uh, January was a year, and this is November, so that's eleven more months. So it's coming up on two years that I've lived through a pandemic already, and I've done a, I've done a darn good job as far as I know. I have not had uh, COVID nineteen, and um, and I can tell you this: I have practiced what they told us to practice with the social distancing, and and I quit shaking hands and uh, do a lot of elbow bumps and things like that these days. I quit getting. Uh, real close with people. I still pat my class members on the back. You know, I, I still engage them with conversation. But uh, I got my vaccinations. In fact, I'm 
at the point now where I'm almost due for a booster. I plan to get it uh, because what I've done so far has worked. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to some point in the future where um, the risk of COVID is so small that uh, we can get back to shaking hands and take the mask off and, and uh, you know, and, and people just won't get sick from it anymore. And I'll also toss in here while we're talking, um, you know, I got my I got my flu shot on uh, in the second week of October. Now, I haven't had the flu since 1998, but then again, I've always gotten the flu shot too. And in all honesty, I've always been a bit of a germaphobe. I've always been careful during cold and flu season, and and so, but um, this year I went ahead and got the flu shot. And I think last year the reason we didn't have a bad bout with flu was because most of us were in isolation of some sort, and and most of us wore masks, and most of us uh, were extra attuned to people that looked sick, sounded sick, coughed like they were sick, you know, things like that. And and so maybe the flu just didn't spread this past season because uh, we were basically pr- practicing universal precautions where, um, you know, Airborne diseases uh, are are happening, so we dodged a bullet, and I intend to uh, keep right on teaching fitness. The only thing that would shut us down at this point is if uh, we had a major outbreak of COVID in the class. I don't think that's going to happen because uh, my folks are really good about playing it safe. They've been good about playing it safe all the days of their life. You know, they've uh, never been big risk takers, and I don't think they're about to start now. Hey, listen, I'm glad you tuned in and listened. I don't know how long I've been running this podcast tonight. Uh, I have to swipe up and turn on my phone. It's been 36 minutes. That's a long time to talk for anybody. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you like the podcast, you know, drop me a line. Tell me you liked it. If you don't like it, then don't tell me. Uh, as always, the Pushing 60 Aside podcast is not commercially sponsored. and All the things I talk about originate right here between my ears and uh, in my experiences as a certified senior fitness specialist um, practicing what I've studied and what I preach with real people right here in Fort Payne, Alabama. If you ever get down toward Fort Payne, look us up. Look me up. Look up our senior center. And uh, you can come in and sit in with us for a, a class or two. But I do have a, I do have one rule. If you're going to come, you need to come at least two days a week. So you need to plan on staying a couple of weeks and attend a bunch of classes because uh, as I tell the kids in my class, that's what I call them. I call them kids. I get the class ready to start. I say, okay, boys and girls, just like I did when I was uh, teaching fifth grade. But um, uh, I always tell them, you know, if you come to one class, Every two weeks, all I'm going to do is make you sore. And every time you come back, I'm going to make you sore again. And so the only way this works is if you come regularly and you work hard enough and you lift well as you're being instructed. And before long, your muscles respond. It doesn't take long, a couple of weeks, and you start seeing improvements. So... But if you just come to two classes a month, it doesn't do nothing for you. 
Fitness needs to be a routine in all of our lives. Um, because I don't, well, I'm not going to say I don't know about you, because I do know about you. You don't want to suffer unnecessarily. And you might want to live to be a really old man or woman, but you don't want to be a weak old man or woman. You want to be able to enjoy your golden years and the fruits of your labor. Until next time, this is Gene Fleming on the Pushing 60. There we went. Did you hear that break? Microphone. I'm Gene Fleming on the Pushing 60 Aside podcast, thanking you for listening and wishing you a truly good week.